This is from the 20th chapter of Revelation, beginning in verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him who was sitting upon it. And the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, for there was no place for them. And I saw all the dead, great and small, before the throne, and the books were opened. There was also another book opened, which was the book of life. And everyone was judged according to what they had done as it was recorded in the book. And the sea gave up their dead, and earth, um, death and Hades gave up their dead, and everyone was judged according to their works. And then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone whose name was not written in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Yesterday, uh, the son of one of my friends got married. And I'd known this young man since he was a baby, so I went to uh, the wedding. And when I went into the sanctuary of the wedding, I received um, a small program uh, for the marriage service. So as an occupational hazard, I do what I always did. I I went and sat down in the back, but I looked at it and, and looked at the order of the service that was going to take place. And then looked on the back to see if they had the pastor's name in the program. This is what I do when I do weddings here at Alamo Heights. First thing I do when I uh, pick up the program is I look to check it over and see if there's anything new or, or different that I need to be ready for in that service. And then I look to see, is my name on the back? Now, I know that seems a bit narcissistic or maybe more than a bit narcissistic. But who doesn't like to know that 20 years from now when a video is being watched or a program is being examined, that their name might come up? At some level, don't all of us want to be remembered? When we go to a loved one's graduation and we sit down in the arena, isn't the first thing we do look for their name to see if it's there? And we come to a program here at the church when our choirs sing and maybe our children or grandchildren are in that choir. And we open the program and go to the back and, and look for their name. All of us want to know that our names are somewhere, that our lives have significance, that our lives count, that someone knows, that someone remembers. Well, the good news from Revelation 20 this morning is God knows. God remembers. You are important to God. You are significant to God. Now, the other news is this. You are so important and so significant that there is a book, says Revelation, in which everything you've ever done has been written down. And one day, that book will be opened. Many people, since the book is not given a name in, the, in Revelation 20, call this the book of deeds. It's actions, uh, both good and, and, and not so good, from our life that, that are recorded. And there is a time in which we sit down and the presence of God go through that book. I don't know about you, but I find that a little bit frightening. I stand with uh, Daniel Webster, uh, the great... Uh, Uh, originator of our dictionary, who said this, that the greatest thought he had ever had in his life was the realization that one day he would stand before the holy God 
and give an account for everything he'd done in his life. For me, that's a little frightening. I've certainly used that thought to frighten others. Uh, like most pastors, I've, I've done a stint, you know, where you do a, a, a summer youth camp or, or a winter weekend camp for the youth. And from time to time, we've reminded them that everything they were going to do on the upcoming Friday night was recorded. And maybe we didn't talk about a book. We painted it in sort of a, a, a sense of a large video screen uh, where all their events would be played out. And we said, remember that what you do is going to be seen. It's a little terrifying. Reminds me of what uh, the writer and poet Annie Dillard once said. She said, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And so it reminds me that when it's all said and done and my life is evaluated and I look at what my life has amounted to, it really has amounted to a series of choices that I've made. Actions that I've taken. And some have been good. Revelation reminds us that blessed are those who die in the Lord for their good works follow them. And then some, not so good. But the books are opened, we're told, on this judgment day. And, and we walk through that book. Well, I've had another thought besides the fact it's a little frightening. I thought, well, wasn't there another book that was mentioned? Isn't there another one? And there is. It's called the Book of Life. And in the Book of Life, when it gets referred to by and large in the Old Testament, it, ten- it tends to mean the Book of the Living But by the time Jesus talks about it in Luke 10 and Paul in Philippians 4 and and the author of Hebrews in in Hebrews 12, they tend to mean it as a book of of the names of those who have a relationship with the Lamb. They follow the Lamb. They are in relationship with Jesus Christ. And their names are written down. And we're told in Revelation, those names written in that book, avoid the lake of fire. I think it must be this book that Jesus referred to when the disciples were so excited about all the miracles they had done. In Luke 10, they come back, they're really pumped up, and he basically says to them in my translation, settle down, boys. Don't get so excited about that. Be excited that your names are written in the book of life. It must be this reality that John, who was the longest living of Jesus' disciples, pointed to in the letter of John, chapter 4, verse 17. He said, We can have confidence on the day of judgment, he said. We can be confident in the day of judgment. He said, because we are like Jesus in this world. Now, people debate what John means exactly by that. But part of the sense is that basically when it comes to judgment, God looks at those of us whose names are in the book of life and treats us as if he would treat Jesus. Sees our lives as if instead of our lives, it's the lives of Christ. One of the ways, the life of Christ, one of the ways I've, I've taught this before when I'm teaching like a class on um, uh, basics of Christian faith is, is I might use ex- this example. Imagine if everything you'd done that was bad, now in the book of deeds it has both bad and good, but just imagine if you would, all your sins were recorded in a book. Now so for some of us, like Pastor Berkey, that book is just two or three pages long. But for others of us, the book could be multi-volume. But what I would tell them is, according to 1 John 4, what happens is it's not what's on the pages of the book. In a sense, it's who's on the cover. And when it comes to our name written in the book of life, then God looks at the cover and sees not our face, but the face of Christ himself. And that outweighs all the stuff that's on the pages in between. And I take some comfort in that. However... 
I guess for years I thought because that was so, it was kind of like when you go to the airport and there's a security line. You know, and the, uh, the, the, the frequent uh, travelers and uh, uh, the airline uh, employees and staff, they kind of zip through one line, and the rest of us are standing in the other. And I sort of thought, well, you know, it's judgment day, but I'm in the book of life, so I'm in that short line that's just zipping through, just flashing my badge and my name, and I'm going on. And the rest of the poor suckers, well, they're having their life looked at. But the clear testimony of the Bible, it seems to me, is that every one of us goes through that evaluation. The dead, both great and small, says the book of Revelation, were standing there awaiting judgment. And the deeds of, and it says everyone was judged on what they had done. The letter to the Hebrews puts it this way it's appointed for everyone to die and then face judgment. There is no easy pass line. Whether our names are written in the book of life or not does not mean that there's no period of, of evaluation, of encouragement, of correction in my, in my mind. Now, let me stop there for a minute. Once Paul, in a letter, wrote this. He said, now I need to tell you, these words are not from God, they're from me, said Paul. So, okay, let me tell you, these words... They're not from Jesus, they're not from Paul, they're not from John, they're from me, and they're what I sense as I read them together. And this is what I would like to say. I believe the reason that you and I just aren't in some easy pass line, because our name is in the book of life, and and we've accepted Christ, and, and so therefore there's no sort of evaluation of our life at all. I believe the reason, first of all, that there is that evaluation, there is no quick line, is simply this, because we're loved. Because we matter. We are so important to God that everything we do is noted. And we are loved so much by God that everything is an opportunity for us to learn and grow and become more the person that God made us to be. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says this, that as a father disciplines his children, so God corrects those that God loves. Book of Hebrews that writes about judgment, writes about the book of life, also talks about this, that God corrects God's children. Any of us who's a decent parent is going to take opportunities as they arise to encourage our children or to challenge them or to correct them. We all do that because we love. God possesses what, I, what Charles Williams once called double vision, Which means that God not only sees us as we are, but also sees us as we may yet become. God sees me as I am, but also sees the vast potential that is within me to become more like Jesus. And so this time of judgment, this time of sitting with the books open, I believe, is for that opportunity to grow. To be strengthened. To go forward and become more like Christ. And to me, that implies the second thing, which is to say that, as N.T. Wright, a great New Testament theologian, has put it, it is possible that heaven and hell and who's going there is not the whole point. But there is something past that, that God has more yet for us after we die than just to sit on a cloud, but that our life, our growth, our service continue on. Now, I have some friends. I know you're surprised by that. But uh, 
A number of them are high school or college athletes. And they can all point to the fact of the, when they had to, after the game, sit there and watch the film with the coach. Yeah, run the play forward, run the play backward, run the play forward. Uh-oh, one more time. And they were told when they missed a block, threw to the wrong receiver, didn't block out on a rebound, a hitch in their backswing. All of that comes to life. And why? Well, simply put, because there's another game yet to play. In my reading and sense of the scriptures, this is from me, not from God. There's more yet. There's more yet God wants to do in us to make us more like Christ. And there's more yet that God wants to do through us as the new heaven and new earth that we'll talk about next week comes down. And because there's a game yet to play and more to go, there is that evaluation. There's that time of encouragement, that time of correction, the time of challenge that any of us would do for those who are significant for us, for their lives as they go forward. I'm reminded of Branch Rickey. Some of you may know the name. Um, uh, baseball executive with the, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. And uh, Ricky is widely um, uh, credited with bringing Jackie Robinson into baseball and, and breaking uh, uh, that racial barrier. And they asked him when he was 90 years old, bringing in Jackie Robinson, was that the greatest thrill you've ever had in baseball? And his response at age 90 was something like this. My greatest thrill? I haven't had it yet. That's pretty impressive for somebody who's 90. Maybe even a little questionable. But it's not for any of us who are in Christ. Because it's not our conversion, and it's not our death, and it's not our name in the book of life and the entrance into heaven that marks the fulfillment of everything that God is going to do in us and through us. Reminds me of the wedding that I went to yesterday. It is my sincere hope and prayer, and I bet it's yours also, that their wedding day is not the best day of their lives. And my open prayer is it gets better after that. Oh, there'll be some trials. There'll be some struggles. There'll be some evaluations, some judgment. But it won't be the best day. There's more and even better that's still to come. And I, my sense of it is that God is thinking, well, I hope the day that, that they were written in the book of life and confessed their faith in Christ is not their best day. I hope the day they die and they, and they enter into my full presence in heaven is not their best day. I think God is really hoping and planning for us that there is more yet to be and yet to do and yet to love. I believe Revelation 20 teaches that the best days are yet ahead of all of us.